There's something curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra. Well, it's the beginning of February and that means another Sky Guide. But unfortunately, Ross Hockham can't join us today. Stepping up to the plate, we have Will Chung, founder of Twice Brewed Stargazing, honorary crew member and the resident astrophotographer for UK Astronomy. How you doing, Mark? You all right? Yeah, doing fine, doing fine. Now, as we mentioned there, Ross can't be with us today, and unfortunately, he's still suffering a bit with COVID. Him and his wife both contracted it. They are getting stronger by the day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Actually, I'm in touch with Ross every single day, and Frankie as well, just to see how the guys, you know, how they're doing. And um, he mentioned you know obviously with the sky guide and i kind of felt that he was quite reluctant actually to <laughs> for me to do it because he just really missed it and uh, wanted to be involved so i have gone through the guide with him so it's you know we have a bit of input from ross as well so he is he is part of this month's guide so he's been given the hockham approval <laughs> absolutely <laughs> What have you been up to recently? Well, I mean, as usual, always trying to stargaze when I can. We've we've had some opportunities for stargazing. Hasn't been the best few months, I have to say. Bit of snow and and things like that. But when there have been opportunities, listen, I'm, I'm out there photographing, doing Facebook Lives as much as I can. Not as many clear skies as I would have hoped. Now, Will, I know you like going aurora chasing and all that kind of stuff. So you go to some of these really cold places to look for the aurora. But for somebody who does that, I'd suggest you, when you're doing your Facebook Lives, to wear a bit more clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So um, the thing for me is, right, I, I look out the window and it's clear. And all I do, without even thinking, grab the telescope go outside and just set up. We've had minus 11 up here in Northumberland, you know, just recently. And within a few minutes, I'm thinking to myself, there's a good chance I'm probably not going to survive, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, I don't want to leave the telescope. You know, there's, there's, for me, there's like a balance. Do I continue <laughs> enjoying the dark skies or do I get myself warm? So it, it's a common thing, unfortunately, Mark. I'm constantly thinking to myself, I need some more clothes. It's a bit silly, but um, maybe one day I'll get a proper coat and I'll wear gloves and I'll wear a hat. But for now, I'm going to brave it. <laughs> you need to get yourself... I don't know what they're actually called. I call them Teletubby suits. They're, they're kind of like sleeping bags with arms and legs in it. Right. <laughs> but they're, they're all in bright colours. That's why I call them Teletubby suits. <laughs> what I will say is I was doing a, a live a few months ago and it was freezing. It was like minus, minus five or something. I had to have the, um, the scope out in front and a friend of mine actually drove past and saw me sat outside freezing cold with a chair and he's just laughing his head off thinking that image will never leave him the fact that there I was shivering away just doing this Facebook live just to show everyone videos of the moon hey that's fine it's commitment isn't it you're either showing commitment or you should be committed there's two ways to look at yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
maybe his famous last words as well. But at the end of the day, what you produce out there, and you do get quite a lot of following, which is fantastic. You get people from all over the world tuning into your live streams. This is the thing. Through Facebook, social media, you know, you get a global reach. It's when I'm doing a, a live in the UK, of course, and then people from America, South America sign in. Some of them, bless them, they, they have a go at me. They say, the moon isn't out. How can you possibly see the moon now? And I'm like, you know, I'm streaming eight hours ahead of you. It's just getting used to that as well, because a lot of the times I post when I'm going to do a live, so I say 9 p.m. tonight. But of course, it's it's not 9 p.m. for the folks in, in the States. So yeah, I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning. And um, it's been a lot of fun learning different languages to pronounce people's names correctly. <laughs> and, you know, learning to say hello and everything else. A couple of weeks back now, you did it at silly o'clock in the morning and you were very surprised that I was still up. <laughs> I think it was about two or three in the morning and um, one of the things I like to do is read out everyone's names and I'm like you know hi you know Juan from Mexico um, no joke seriously uh, Juan from Mexico is, is one of my followers and uh, all of a sudden I'm like what Mark what's going on <laughs> you're still up <laughs> I was editing that night so sometimes I'm editing to whatever time in the morning to get it done and I thought Oh, Will's online, so I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> I think people always say, you know, they, they say, like, I must never sleep because, you know, I'll do a, a moon watch till three in the morning. I'll do a sunrise at, like, seven in the morning. Maybe that's it. Maybe I actually don't really sleep. But that's, you know, that's what you've got to do. Commitment. <laughs> Some of the biggest people in history. I mean, I know Winston Churchill used to power nap. He didn't used to sleep. He used to do uh, 15, 20 minutes here, 15, 20 minutes there. And then he was ready to go for one of his famous speeches, you know. There you are. <laughs> right, I think it's time we should crack on with the show. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to go right into the Sky Guide. Good morning. It's T minus 45 minutes until the final countdown commences. In less than one hour, if all goes according to plan, the three members of the Apollo 11 crew will blast off in their... My father's name was Edwin Eugene Aldrin. ...has dreamt of mankind's greatest adventure. I became Buzz. Destination, the moon. We looked back at the Earth and watched it get smaller. Oh, it was beautiful. Apollo 11, this is Houston. I've got the morning news here, if you're interested, over. Go ahead, Houston. An Irishman has won the World Porridge Eating Championship by consuming 23 bowls of instant oatmeal. I'd like to enter Aldrin in the oatmeal eating contest next time. He's on his 19th bowl. <laughs> Roger. Human nature and curiosity is to explore the world around us. And the world around us includes way beyond. Go for landing, over. I do the thing, go for landing. Roger, 1202, we copy it. We're go, same high, we're go. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Beautiful, The next generation of explorers should not ever give up. 
I'm Chris Lintot, and you're listening to TGP Nominal. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. So welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. Will, February, what have we got coming up? February, for me, by the way, Mark, is one of the most absolute favourite time for looking up in the night sky. And it's because we're pretty much in the middle of winter, super dark skies, long nights as well. So let's start off February the 1st and the 2nd, right at the top of the month. The planet Mercury is still visible. So Mercury is a planet that stays relatively low on the horizon. And it's also one of the most elusive planets to see. However, I feel it's super rewarding when you do get to see it. So around the 1st and 2nd are probably your best chances to see it. About 40 minutes after sunset, look towards west-southwest, low on the horizon, and you might just see this tiny little dot of a star, what you think is a star, just setting there. But of course, using binoculars will aid you greatly. February the 3rd is exactly the midpoint of winter. So this is in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Just a little fun fact for you, the winter season is actually the shortest of them all. Now, the reason behind this is because of something that Ross mentioned last month, and that is because the Earth was at perihelion in January, which is Earth's closest point to the sun, in its orbit around the sun, Earth itself actually moves faster as it's closer to the sun. So a little fun fact for you, the winter season is the shortest and February the 3rd is the midpoint of winter. Also on the same day, there's no moon in the sky, so really good chance to look at the planet Uranus. It gets kind of high in the sky, but I would say the best time to look at it on the 3rd of February is around 6pm. And the reason why I've chosen this date is because, again, there's no light pollution from the moon, which helps you uh, spot this faint planet, which is visible with the naked eye. But again, using binoculars and everything else will really help you. If you're in a dark sky site and you know exactly where to look for it, then you should have no problems spotting this really awesome planet. The challenge as well is February will be most likely the last month that we're going to see Uranus for a while. So I would strongly urge you've got clear skies, go and give it a go. February the 6th now, a really beautiful sight is the conjunction of the moon and Antares, which is a bright, super red star. It's low on the horizon again, and it's so cold because it looks kind of like Mars. It's like a red star, and uh, they actually call it Antares because that word itself means anti-Mars. So astronomers back in the day would have said, This is not Mars, don't confuse it for Mars. It'll be a stunning sight of seeing both the moon and Antares in the morning sky on the 6th of Feb. I think Ross sometimes refers to it as Mars' evil twin. That's interesting, right? Because Mars is the um, god of war, you know, (laughs) the evil of god of war. Interesting one. (laughs) Don't see why not, there's loads of different interpretations. I love seeing Antares actually, it's part of uh, Scorpius and a really cool constellation to look at. 
February the 8th and 9th, 20 minutes before sunrise. This is what I recommend, folks, for the early risers amongst you. Go outside and see if you can spot the tiny waxing crescent moon. I don't know what it is, you know, seeing the full moon's great, but seeing the really slim crescent in the sky, it's just awesome when you just spot it for the first time. So February the 8th and 9th, 20 minutes before sunrise, have a look outside. Binoculars will certainly help. Just give it a go, scan the skies for a bit. February the 11th is the new moon of February. So the perfect date in February for deep space stargazing. And by coincidence, also my birthday, even though it's my birthday, I'll be out and, uh, you know, doing as much imaging as possible. That'll be my present. February the 13th, because we've passed the new moon period and now the moon is starting to get big again at around 45 minutes after sunset. Look west-southwest and we've got a very thin crescent moon again. Great opportunities to, to enjoy the thin moon. February the 17th, this is going to be quite a cool one. We've got the moon, it's about 30% illuminated and it's actually going to be quite close to the planet Uranus. So actually some people think that for the folks that have got a you know telephoto lens or you know small binoculars or, or a telescope, you can probably capture both the moon and the planet in the same frame. But like I said, because Uranus is a naked eye planet, if you're in a relatively good skies, then um, just seeing the two would be pretty awesome. February the 18th now, we've got our favourite, the star cluster Pleiades, the Seven Sisters, closest open cluster to us, certainly a winter constellation, something to look at and enjoy. But on February the 18th, we've got the Seven Sisters, the planet Mars and the Moon for a triple optical conjunction. So don't get me wrong, they're not going to be super close, but they'll be in the same part of the sky and the three objects will look pretty magnificent. So that's February the 18th. That's a good one to look out for. And that's probably my highlight for myself for February. That'll be my target. February the 21st, for the folks that enjoy looking at the surface of the moon, seeing the craters, the effect of the sunlight, lighting up the different features on the moon, then the February the 21st, around midnight, have a look at the moon and find the jeweled handle. So this is a very popular feature on the moon that loads of people like to look at, either with you know your telescopes or with cameras. So it's called the jewel handle and it's along the mountain range Sinus Iridium and uh, it's the fact that the light just captures the tops of these little mountains if you like and uh, there's a beautiful sunning effect. February the 27th is our full moon of February. It's called the snow moon. Hopefully there won't be much more snow, Mark. I'm freezing <laughs> to death when I'm doing these, uh, you know, Facebook lives. But um, February the 27th, the full snow moon of February. So um, one of the things I really enjoy taking photographs of is the big full moon with a nice landscape. February the 28th. Probably the highlight for many people, not for me, and it's because it'll be a spectacular sight and it's the conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn and Mercury. So maybe conjunction is the wrong word, but they certainly will be in the same part of the sky and you'll see the three planets. Now it'll be a challenge because there's still a lot of light, the planets are very low and they're also quite faint, especially Mercury. 
but 45 minutes before sunrise, and this is why, by the way, this isn't for me, because I am i do not get up early in the morning, but for the folks that do, 45 minutes before sunrise, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mercury, that will be a very, very awesome thing to see. are the objects over the days of February but here's some things that we can look at with the naked eye so this is my feature of February of the naked eye and this is something called the winter hexagon it's an asterism which is a word we use to describe a pattern of stars so it's not necessarily a constellation it's a combination of things and the winter hexagon is one of uh, the coolest things I would say to spot over the winter skies and it consists of six stars and the six stars if you join them up like a join the dots thing it draws out a hexagon shape and February is going to be a great time to see it because the last star which is Sirius is going to be pretty high enough for us to make up the winter hexagon at a decent time and they're made up of Rigel, Aldebaran, Capella, Pollux, Procyon and Sirius. So have a look out for the winter hexagon. That's an awesome thing to look at in the winter skies. With a binocular object, Messier 44. I would say give it a go. If you haven't seen this cluster before, it's called the Beehive Cluster or Presepi. That's how I pronounce it anyway. And the Beehive Cluster is an open cluster of stars. It's similar to the Pleiades, except even though it's closer, I believe, I think the stars are a little bit fainter, but it contains over a thousand stars. And the Beehive Cluster, which is in the constellation Cancer, was actually my number one favorite thing to look at with a telescope. Both binoculars, they look pretty awesome. So Messier 44, the Beehive Cluster. And then finally, the telescope object. So what I would say is uh, a good thing to try to look out for for this particular month is Messier 41. It's, uh, I would say, not as a well-known open cluster. It's going to be about four degrees south of the brightest star Sirius. So we all know Sirius, brightest star in the night sky, just twinkles away like crazy, right? Like a disco ball. If you just find Sirius move down into actually Canis Major, the constellation that it's in, and then Messier 41, have a look at it. Even small telescopes will have no problems, and you'll see about 100 stars, and these stars are about 190 million years old, so some of the youngest stars around us. There you are, Mark. That's awesome. Now, Will, I normally asked Ross at this point, is there anything going on for him in the month stuff that he's involved in? Have you got things coming up? Absolutely. February's uh, actually quite a, a busy month for me. Um, so one of the things we have is the Dark Skies Festivals, which is throughout the UK, loads of different national parks, these dark sky parks. They get involved and they, they host a whole bunch of events, you know, whether it's going into the observatories, listening to talks and everything else. Obviously, this year is different and all of the events are online. But that means, from my perspective, I'm involved in quite a few festivals. So 
what we have is up here in Northumberland, the very first ever Dark Skies Festival in Northumberland. So that's really exciting. Obviously, Twice Brewed Inn is involved as we're one of the few observatories up here in Northumberland. And I'm going to be doing a talk on the Northumberland Dark Sky site. So not only do we have observatories here, we've got some great places that people, when they're allowed to, eventually go and visit and just explore the dark skies for themselves. So I'm very excited to, to get involved for that. Also, I'm, I'm getting involved with the um, Yorkshire Dales and North York Moors Dark Sky Festival. So I'll be doing a, a talk for the guys there. They've literally just been allocated uh, a Dark Sky site. So that's uh, really exciting for the, for the folks there. And also the Boland Dark Sky Festival as well. So most of the talks will probably be around me doing my moon watches, as you know, something that I'm really into now. It's going to be good. It's been a great few weeks for astronomy, I think. You know, it's, like I said, in my opinion, probably the best month for stargazing. Spanhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, Will, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for uh, asking me. I really enjoyed it. It's been great. Once again, we just wish Ross and Frankie get well soon. Absolutely, guys. Get well soon. I'm not 100% sure what's happening with the podcast this month. I've got to speak with John about that and find out what, what we're going to do. So as I always like to say at the end of every show, stay safe everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you all again real soon. Hey guys, wishing you all clear skies, and remember there are a billion worlds in your back garden. Well that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.